What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right. On today's show, we've got Tyler Sawa. He is from the Pride Podcast, a podcast that covers the Detroit Lions, and he is on here because the Vikings and Lions are facing off in a brutal battle on Sunday where basically loser goes home. Um, and uh, I, I believe the Vikings right now are favored by eight and a half points. The game's in U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, starts at noon central time. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Tyler. Thank you for having me, Adam. I'm glad to be here today and talk about this thrilling matchup. <laughs> one in three Vikings versus the 0-4 Lions. Should be a great one. Listen, you know what? The like the Vikings and Lions have had some some pretty decent games. Uh, yeah. back I mean, in the, as a as a late, you guys have pretty much dominated. The, yeah, was it? The I don't think Kirk Cousins has, has ever lost. He never lost versus the Detroit Lions. I believe he's six and zero versus the Detroit Lions. So yeah, so you know, <laughs> the, the Vikings have dominated the matches before. I it was think close. Last, it was close last year, like three, two or three points. I think it was. But that was like week seventeen, and people were just yeah. chucking the ball up and everything. Yeah, I mean, a meaningless game. I mean, I guess it was the last game for Matthew Stafford as the Detroit Lion. Yeah. But um, overall, I mean, yeah, the first matchup, you guys dominated us in Minnesota. Delvin mm-hmm. Cook, I think, ran for like 200-plus yards versus us that game. And, you know, if you weren't already out on Patricia at that point, you were out by Patricia after that game. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the last time I remember the Lions winning in Minnesota, I think it was overtime game. I nah. I who's think it was who's the, the first year at your new stadium in 2017. Yeah. Who's, where, or, um, who's uh, the receiver that used to play for the Lions that uh, went to the Giants from the uh, Kenny Gallaudet? 
No, he's from the Seahawks. Short oh, Golden guy. Tate? Yeah, Golden Tate. I think he had like an overtime catch where he like rolled yeah. into the end zone. Yeah, we won the year after that. Yeah. It was in 2017. I remember it was, I think Glover Quinn or Miles Kilber. They punched the ball from Thielen. He fumbled. It was an ugly game. That's when, that's, yeah, that's when Dalvin Cook tore his ACL. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Tavon Wilson like went a little low and yeah, he tore his ACL. But yeah, the year before we won that in, in so 2016 as well. Great, great memories. Yeah. From the Vikings and Lions. <laughs> I know. All right. Yeah, I remember Thanksgiving too, 2016. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, yeah. slow intercepted for the game. That was amazing. <laughs> and I think the Vikings had the infamous uh, Duck Duck Goose celebration. Um, yep, yep. On Thanksgiving. Yep. On Thanksgiving That's next year. All right, let's get into it. All right, so Dan Campbell, he's a new head coach of the Lions, first year. I just want to know, I'm just curious, what was your reaction after his introductory press conference? You know, it it got a, a lot of bad rep and it got a lot of good rep from, I would say, you know, the general media and then I would say the local media. I, I would say the local media really... You know, they, they loved it. You know, it was something that was new. It was energized. I think people were really into it. I think the national media kind of took a bad perception of, you know, Dan Campbell's think he's going to bite kneecaps. I think people, <laughs> I don't know if they literally thought he was going to do it or, you know, I, I don't know. But it got a bad rap. People didn't think it was professional. You know, for me personally, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I, I saw Matt Patricia for the last three years, a lot, you know, different tone, a lot more serious, a lot more secretive. Good posture. See, good posture. Yeah, the posture. Yeah, yelling at media <laughs> members, and you know, to kind of see a little different side, a little more energy, a little more personality. I thought it was pretty cool. I think Dan Campbell, overall, in a sense, being the coach of the Lions in his very short tenure, you know, he's had obviously a lot of personality, and yeah. you know, I think I think it's been really cool. So, as far as the the first introduction of when they hired Dan Campbell. You know, I, I I was in. You know, I was I was I I thought it was really cool. You know, as far as a coach, I think there's more questions. But as far as getting the guys ready and you know that introduction, I had no problems with that. I thought it was actually really cool. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's all that matters. You get the you want the local reporters, you want the local fan base to to be in. It doesn't really matter if the the national fan base doesn't agree because yep. they're not what matters. Um, all right, so I'm I'm not sure if some people listening now. N- know how Campbell got the job, but what do you know about, you know, why they decided to give him the job over maybe some, some other candidates? Uh, why they gave him the job. I mean, I don't know why they necessarily chose Dan Campbell over a guy like, I don't know, Robert Sala. Right. I, I know there was some interest and they were interested in the college ranks of Matt Campbell from Iowa state. Right. I know they, they, I think offered him a deal. I don't know how true that was, but they supposedly offered him a deal and, I guess he rejected it and stuck at Iowa State. Um, but, you know, Dan Campbell, you know, I, I think why they chose him, just his personality and, you know, it's going to be a complete culture change from what it was in the past. And obviously there's a lot of bad rep from the former players and, you know, the fan base of how bad the last regime really was for the Detroit Lions. So I, I think they went in with the mindset that we're going to pick someone completely different from what it was last and see if this works. And something they did different as well w- without just hiring Dan Campbell. Last time they gave, you know, all the power to the general manager, Bob Quinn at the time, to hire his next head coach, which ended up being Matt Patricia. They obviously went a long ways from the New England days. But with this one, 
it was more of an arranged marriage, I guess you could call it. Uh, it was ownership and, and, you know, some people that they hired this office, like Chris Spielman, a former mm-hmm. Detroit Lion, you would know Spielman, his brother, mm-hmm. Rick Spielman, he's your mm-hmm. general manager. You know, his brother, Chris, is now part of our mm-hmm. front office. Um, so they, they went and came to a decision that they're going to arrange a, a marriage instead of hiring a GM first and then having the GM handpick his own coach. What they thought was, we're going to pick our own coach, we're going to pick our own GM, two guys that we really like, two guys that I guess passed our process of getting the job. And, and that's what they did. So I think, I guess, Campbell stood out in his interview specifically. And, you know, he won the job and, you know, they liked him enough to give him a six year deal. You know, that that's a little longer than. Usually uh, a first time head coach gets usually maybe it's four or five years and they're giving Campbell the benefit of the doubt. They're going to give him time to build this thing. So they gave him a six year deal. So um, I I guess it would just be something that he stood out in his interviews and, you know, he's coming from a good tree as well. Sean Payton, you know, is is a very good coach in the NFL, very smart head coach. And, you know, Sean Payton is one of his mentors as well. So he's coming from a good branch of coaching. So I, I guess it was just something that stood out with the ownership and some front office members that they hired this offseason. Yeah, I think Mike Zimmer actually mentioned earlier this week that he looked at uh, Dan Campbell as a potential offensive coordinator for uh, the Vikings this year. So obviously, he it seems like he's respected around the league, no matter you know what his his way of doing things is on the outside. He obviously has the respect, and he's a, a former player, so those guys usually do pretty well with you know getting getting the locker room together and getting respect from other people um you mentioned the previous regime which is matt patricia right you guys probably want to forget about that but before he got there was jim caldwell and in yep. lions they did they did pretty well i feel like um did they make a mistake by firing jim caldwell i would say no just because it, it felt like we were kind of stuck in mediocrity. You know, it it was first season eleven and five, which was obviously a very successful season. They had a very good team in twenty fourteen, but after that, you know, it was just a lot of, you know, meh average. And I think we could kind of relate that to the Vikings a little bit. I feel like yeah, some yeah. Vikings fans kind of feel that right now, where mm-hmm. you know you guys aren't you know pleased to where you guys are now because you guys are how I at least view. I might be wrong, but I don't think you guys are good enough to be a Super Bowl contender team. But I don't think you guys are bad enough to be in the top, top 10, five, yeah. yeah, top five, top 10 in the NFL draft. Like yeah. you guys are just kind of in the middle. You're kind of stuck. And that's how I kind of felt with Jim Caldwell. So I, I thought it was appropriate to move on off uh, Jim Caldwell after 2017 and, you know, kind of bring in that head coach that could kind of take you to the next step and, you know, make you a, a legit contender. Um, I'm trying to think of some examples on top of my head, I guess that kind of happened. I would say in Tennessee a little bit, you know, Mike Vrabel comes in yep. Kind of took over a nine and seven football team that was just consistently being nine and seven, either just barely missed the playoffs or gets in with the last wild card spot. But kind of Vrabel gets the job and just takes that team to the next step. I think they're you can list them as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I know they lost to the Jets last Sunday, but I yeah. think they're still a good team. And I think what Vrabel's done is a good job. And you know, I think there's just multiple examples around the league too. It's like you kind of bring in a coach and you're ready to take that next step. And I thought it was appropriate to move off Caldwell just because it's just felt like we were kind of stuck in, in that mediocrity. So I was completely fine with them, with them moving on Caldwell after 17. Yeah. You look at even you go a little far back. You look at Tony Dungy going to the Colts, mm-hmm. um, helping them get to the Super Bowl. You look at John Gruden going to the Bucks, uh, helping that team get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of examples of where, you just need someone to just get you over the hump. And yeah, I do agree with you that the Vikings fans are like 
you know, we've got all this talent. We got Justin Jefferson, Daniel Hunter, Dalvin Cook. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we not winning games? And, you know, eventually it's going to come down to the coach. So it's going to get a little interesting over these next few weeks to see how everything goes. Um, what would you say the Lions' current plan is for this year and maybe the next few years? Because they're 0-4 right now. Like, yeah. what? What? I would... You would say that their goal is to get to the playoffs, but that's probably not happening unless you yeah. know, there's a miraculous turnaround. Yeah, I, I would say the fans' perception, at least most of us, um, I think they're pretty much all in agreement that this is a rebuilding type of year and that wins and losses are not as important as years previous or years to come, I would say, just because you know it's all about player development. I mean, we came into the season not expecting to have a very good football team, not expecting very many wins. And it's just mainly going to be a developmental year and kind of just the drought that the previous regime kind of left, you know, this current regime in, it was going to be difficult to have just a one-year turnaround where, you know, you're going to be a contender right away or make the playoffs right away in year one of the Dan Campbell era. So, you know, I I would say wins and losses, I would shoot those out the window right now just because they're not Mm -hmm. as important this year. Just it's all about developing players. You got four first round picks for the next two years. It's building, it's more of the big picture right now rather than this, you know, trying to compete in this short time window that we have right now. So I would say, you know, expectations are just take it week by week and who stands out, you know, in those weeks and who, who are going to be your building blocks when you look at this big picture in 2022 and 2023 and years on to go. So I, it's, it's more about the big picture right now rather than, you know, what what's going to happen this week as far as a win loss? Like I, I don't think many Lions fans care about if we beat the Vikings or not this Sunday. I mean, would they prefer it? Probably, yeah. but I don't. I I I don't think it's um is it's as important this year compared to any other year. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's mainly just you know let's rebuild right now. And I think everyone every Lions fans kind of got that you know mentality right now. I feel like. So you mentioned development. So the Lions pick Panay Sewell um, with their number one pick this year, top ten pick to eventually be their franchise left tackle. I know he's started at right tackle in training camp, and then he's moved over to left tackle when he was playing. He's out this weekend um, already, I believe, that um, that was said today by Anthony Lynn, said he's probably not going to play, or they're preparing for him not to play. Most um, likely, yeah, he's missed both practices. Um, but do you think the Lions are, are going to regret picking Sewell over someone like Justin Fields or Mac Jones? I will say no, just because I think getting the trenches, both from the offensive line and defensive line, is more important right now than trying to figure out the rookie quarterback. And trust me, I love Justin Fields. I thought he was a good prospect. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have been mad with that pick, but I was really big on Penesula as well. So, you know, I, I think reinsuring having a good offensive line, having a good defensive line is more important right now. And when you're ready to compete and when you think you're ready to compete, Maybe that be maybe that's the next year. Maybe that's the mm-hmm. year after. You have the luxury to get that quarterback, whoever you want at that point. It might not be the same prospect as Justin Fields as as far as liking the guy, but I, I think right now it's just important getting the trenches right. It's a cliche, but you went in the trenches, yeah. and you know you figure out that rookie quarterback maybe when it's a little more established right now, and then at that point you're putting your rookie quarterback in a very good situation. I mean, that's the Chiefs. If you went in the trenches, they just. Yeah got destroyed in the Super Bowl because they couldn't block. Yep. And then they went out and bought a whole new offensive line. So, obviously, yeah, they believe that as well. Um, so, 
don't regret passing on the quarterbacks, but you don't have the quarterback who was there for, what, over a decade. Matthew Stafford is with the Rams now. Are you rooting for him? Or are you are you bitter? Like what? How how are you uh, interpreting? How are you watching from afar, Mister Matthew Stafford, with the Rams this year? Yeah. So hold up. Uh, I know listeners can't see, but Stafford's my yes, guy. Yes, man. yes, yes. St- Stafford is my guy. I think I wouldn't say half of Lions fans are rooting against the Rams, but I would say I would say it's like maybe a seventy to thirty swing right now. Where I see the seventy percent is. Let's see Stafford win. You know, we're, we we like this guy. We're happy yep. for him. We want to see him win. And then I would say the thirty percent of fans are like, "Eh, we like Stafford, but <laughs> we wouldn't mind him losing to get a better draft pick." And like you're, you're right, and I, I can't fault you for that. You know, mind that you know mentality because it does favor us if the Rams stink. But yeah. as far as you know, what Matthew Stafford did for the organization and of how good of a player he was for the organization. I'm rooting for the guy, man. I, I definitely am rooting for the guy. They're playing tonight on Thursday Night Football. I, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. I'm going to be watching for Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, he's just one of my favorite players. And I, I think it's fine, however you think of it. If you want to root for the draft pick, fine. But I just don't think it was very realistic going into the year that thinking the Rams were going to be a bad football team. So I, like, I, I came in with the perception that the Rams are going to be a good football team. Now, after acquiring Matthew Stafford, you know, I, I think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So... For me personally, I'm voting for Stafford. I I'm all in for him winning. I, I I mean, if it's if he if if he wins the Super Bowl and it's the 32 pick, and if he misses or if he makes the playoffs and you know loses in the second round, it's not a huge difference. It's from the 32nd pick to yeah, there's, there's no 28, 27. Like you know, it's not that big of a deal. And in the NFL, a first round pick is the first round pick. It's not like the NBA where a late first round pick compared to a lottery pick is significantly mm-hmm. different. NFL first round picks are first round picks, so yep. you know I, I I'm cheering for Stafford. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was the 32nd pick, so uh, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine if you get that. Um, the guy he was traded for, Jared Goff, former member of the Rams, uh, he's quarterback right now. How long do you expect Jared Goff to be the Lions' quarterback? Um. It's a good question. I, I I would say not too long. I think he's here for this year, and then I think more than likely he'll probably be your starting quarterback going into the season in 2022. Depending on what you do in the NFL draft, like even mm-hmm. if you draft him, I still think he'll be the starter going into the season. Mm-hmm. You know, when they make the switch, that you know we'll see. They don't draft a quarterback, which is very possible uh, going into next season. I think he'll be the starting quarterback. But the Lions got a lot of luxury right now. They got a lot of moving parts with all these draft picks that they don't have to rush a decision if they don't absolutely love a quarterback in the NFL draft. And, you know, I, I think they have a good stopgap, good bridge quarterback in Jared Goff. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback by any means, but do I think he, you know, can make you, I don't know, Jared Goff's here just to not make you a laughing stock. basically. Mm-hmm. He's here just to kind of, you know, bridge the way. And I, I just, that's how I view Jared Goff. And I think I, that's how I view him as his career going forward. And I, I compared it to a former Viking, Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's made a very good career mm-hmm. being a good bridge quarterback. Bridgewater, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I think Jared Goff, you know, I, I could see something like that going the way with, with his career. Maybe mm-hmm. like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. I can mention Teddy Bridgewater. And that's fine. I just don't think he's a franchise quarterback, though. Yeah, the Rams got to the Super Bowl with him. So, you know, he can't he be terrible. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good comparison, actually. Teddy Bridgewater, who's off to a great start. Yeah. This season over in Denver, kind of jealous that they're three and one 
over there with the former, actually, assistant Vikings GM leading the way over there. Yeah, stealing. Uh, George Payton. Yeah, yeah, stealing. He everyone's. was almost our GM. Uh, I mean, we had some interest. In oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. He's he's good. He's. I feel like the Vikings are. They were hurting a little bit this year in the, in the draft without him because he's the he's the trade guy, and they uh, usually they make like seventeen trades, and they only yeah. make like five this year. So no, I I thought we were gonna get George Payton just because of the Spielman connection. Right. We have Chris in our office, and yeah. obviously Rick. You know, the, George has been a very trustworthy guy I would, yep. I would assume you know in rick spielman's office so i, I thought it was very possible uh, that george Payne could have been our general manager this year with spielman being in our office that would have been interesting um yeah, i know nfc north uh, rivalry <laughs> <laughs> all right so what players looking at the team now what players give you hope for the future of the lions um there's a couple i would say some it just sucks right now because they had bad injuries. Like Romeo Quarla, right. I would definitely say it was one of them. But then he goes at, goes ahead and tears his Achilles last game, and he's out for the remainder yep. of the season. Jeff Okuda was another guy coming to the season that we were hopeful for. Yeah, you know he he also tears his Achilles. He's out for the season, so mine's having an Achilles problem this year. <laughs> so, um, but you know we still have some guys. I would say our offensive line overall is a, a lot of a lot of the guys in our offensive line are guys are I'm hopeful for in the future and right now. Uh, starting with Frank Rag now, mm-hmm. uh, Panay Sewell, like we mentioned earlier, Taylor Decker, when he comes back from injury, he's also one of them, I believe. Jonah Jackson, he's another one on that offensive line. So I think we have four legitimate offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen for the long run, which makes me very hopeful. Um, as far as some other offensive pieces, I'd say TJ Hawkinson's one of them. I yep. think he's kind of just becoming one of the top tight ends in the league. He's, you know, I, I think he's making himself a legitimate top five tight end. So, him he's one of them running backs a little tougher to count on the long run you know just because how long they last in the league so Mm -hmm. swift is a fine player but as far as this whole big picture it's hard to count on running backs so we'll take that more of a week by week basis more than the big picture but if we're talking about the player itself deandre swift absolutely on the defensive side of the ball you know they they still have a lot of work to do there you know they have some young guys that they drafted in the draft uh, with Levi and Zerike from Washington. And then they got a McNeil from NC state guys are obviously hopeful for, but you just kind of want to see a little bit more still very young in their career right now. But those are some guys that you're going to definitely keep a tab on for the rest, you know, you know, of this year. And just as the years go on receiving core, you got one, two young guys, Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. He's had his flashes drafted a Monroe St. Brown, the fourth round. He was really good in camp for this team. And, you know, a, little, a little bit of a slow start coming into the season, but you know, I, I think those are just some guys I would keep an eye out for it, looking in this big picture. And there's some other guys that I'm missing right now, but those are probably the main guys I would say. I think I'm just happy that Marvin Jones isn't there anymore because I feel he like he used to kill the bike, especially yeah. when Xavier Rhodes was there. <laughs> oh, yeah, four touchdowns one game, I feel like. Yeah, no, I remember, and we still lost that game. Um, yeah, I don't like he would, he wouldn't. Like he'd be okay for the rest of the season. I feel like whenever he played the Vikings, he'd just be no, on no, fire. that was definitely like his feel-good game. Like, <laughs> oh, I got, he, like he circles the Vikings every time he played the year. Yeah. I'd say a lot of teams in the NFC North probably circle the Lions. Like, oh, this is our mm-hmm. feel-good game. I know Bears fans do that for the Lions. Mm-hmm. I would assume you guys probably do that for the Lions. Yeah, these days probably. Yeah. yeah, these days, and I would say that's Marvin Jones when he sees the Vikings. He circles that day on that calendar, or oh, yeah. I mean, maybe now with the Colts because Xavier Rhodes Texans, is there. I think. Yeah. He, Oh, yeah, Colts. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. Yeah, right, right. Yep. yeah. I think he loves playing against Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure Xavier Rhodes does not like playing against him. No, we used to call the roads were open. Yeah, oh, yeah, they were wide open. Um. <laughs> all right, so speaking of the Lions and Vikings, obviously they play on Sunday. 
Just finish this sentence for me. The Lions will beat the Vikings if. Oof. <laughs> um, first of all, Dalvin Cook is looking like a very questionable player this week. He yeah. might not play this Sunday. Even if he does, he's going to be hobbled. Yeah, but even if he doesn't play, man, I still like Alexander Madison. So I, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I would say like if Delvin Cook doesn't play, I like our chances. But like Alexander Madison is just as good of a football player, in my opinion. Not Delvin Cook, but I think he's a very talented football player and he could start yeah. on another team. Yep. Um, for the Lions to win this game. Mm. <laughs> turnovers, sure lots go- of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, you got to get like some tip balls, maybe on Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. uh, forced turnovers. Jared Goff has to have his best game as a line mm-hmm. and kind of has to flip back the clock to 2018. Um, I guess that's the keys to win the game. If you can get like, off to a fast start against the Vikings, usually that's that's a pretty big way to beat them. They're usually not good from they're not built to not come from behind. From coming back. Yeah, I mean that's been the that's kind of been a problem for the Lions so far. They haven't really been able to get off to a hot start. I would say Week Keep two versus the Packers. <laughs> yeah, week, week two of Monday Night Football, they got off to a little hot start, but the Packers kind of responded. They're going back and forth on the yep. second half. They kind of just dominated us. But and the other three games, I mean, we've had two halves of football with zero points to start off the game. In the Ravens game, zero points in the first half. The Bears game, zero points in the first half. So hmm. the lines are a little bit opposite. Like they like to kind of, you know, wake up a little bit in the fourth quarter and the second <laughs> half. So. Oh. Getting off to a hot start hasn't really been the forte as so far for the Lions team. So, you know, I, I, it's going to be a difficult game for them this week. But for <laughs> them to win, Jared Goff has to flip back the clock. Yeah. Got to get a run game going. And, you know, the defense has to cause some turnovers. I know it sounds a lot easier said than done, but yeah. I, I would say that that would be the keys to the game. It's usually how you win most games in the NFL is turnovers and running the ball well. That's what Mike Zimmer wants to do uh, every week, but it hasn't worked out. Um, <laughs> all right, last question to get you out of here. So I think I feel like during the off-seasons, we usually see some like pain rankings come out or like most snake-bitten franchises. And the Lions usually aren't at the top, even though they've hardly had like much playoff success. Do you think that's fair to, to not have them at like the top of these kind of rankings? Or do you think that they deserve to be more like recognized as a as a franchise that's gone through so much because they haven't had as much playoff success? Yeah, I mean, there's no secret. The Lions have a, they've only won one playoff game in the last sixty years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's been brutal. It is, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's there's no higher on it. So I, I do think they should be higher on these lists. Uh, you know, it, it's there's no secret that this team hasn't been good in many many years. Uh, the fans recognized that. And, mm-hmm. you know, funny story, it was week three. So they were doing the Kelvin Johnson halftime ceremony yep. for his Hall of Fame. And the ownership was speaking to the fans, you know, mm-hmm. for Kelvin Johnson's Hall of Fame ring ceremony. Mm-hmm. And this is like probably their first time speaking in front of the whole entire fan base, or I'll say the fan base in public. The first time I can remember personally, mm-hmm. like I, I can't, I can't think of a memory that, you know, the ownership just, stood up on a podium where the fans were there and that they could kind of just let their emotions out. To keep it frank, the Lions fans <laughs> booed very heavily, very heavily. You couldn't hear one word that Sheila Fort Hamp was trying to say that Sunday, trying to introduce Calvin Johnson's ring ceremony. And obviously, you know, Calvin Johnson and, mm-hmm. and the Ford family have, you know, they're not on great terms right now. Mm-hmm. It's gotten better, but they're not on great terms. Uh, even Calvin Johnson there, 
he was saying pipe it down a little bit guys come on <laughs> yeah. he goes yeah like i know you love me but like you know pipe mm-hmm. it down a little bit but you know i i do think the line should be probably higher on those lists for yeah. just being a brutal team i i mean lions fans they are brave man they, they've gone through so much so much right. heartbreaking losses so much like heartbreaking games getting screwed over just not finishing the deal like like we were saying before the show even started justin tucker kicks a 66 yard <laughs> field goal to beat the lions makes nfl history to beat the lions like that only happens to the detroit lions or the falcons or the Falcons, sure, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> they have like that curse of like Arthur Blank, their owner, being mm-hmm. on the field, and they always right, something goes right, wrong. Right. I mean, with the Lions, it's just always something, man. Uh-huh. Or like uh-huh. in 2015, you know, we're ready, we're we're making a big comeback, we're going to run the table, make the playoffs. Nope, Aaron Rodgers says, uh, "Screw all that, I'm going to throw a hail mary to Rodgers." To Rodgers, oh yeah, Oton miracle. I mean, the Calvin Johnson rule. I mean, the the catching of him going down, clearly a touchdown. Oh yeah, nope. Uh, or Seattle game Monday night bats the ball out of bounds. Uh-huh. The Cowboys game playoff game. Cowboys that, game. Oh yeah, that, that, that's probably the worst of them all. Yeah. You know, so it's <laughs> it's always something every single year. So I mean, Lions yeah, I, fans, I like just I said they're soldiers, man. I just felt like they didn't get enough because you know, if I see the Vikings and like Browns in there, and I feel like they are higher up because they have like they've had the most maybe like public and brutal. Uh, heartbreaking losses you know like gary anderson and blair walsh and and some of the brown stuff um but then yeah you look at the team like the lions and i feel like some people even rank the jets higher than the lions in these ranks and like they've won a super bowl yeah. like what the lions like how like when you're a, for the people that have been lions fans for like 30 years like they've got to be like what am i doing like what, yeah, <laughs> what our, our last division win was 1993 the the winning the whole division or 1994 sorry yeah the last time yeah. winning the NFC North was 1994 and last time winning a playoff game was 1991 and then the, before Scott that Mitchell? was 19 yeah Scott Mitchell and then the, before that was 1957 yeah yeah so yeah you I, I you guys think ours is to... just not, I think ours is just not as public maybe because right. you know not all of them are national TV games maybe outside the Dallas game and mm-hmm. the Hail Mary game because that was a Thursday night game but. You know, I, I look at the Vikings, like you guys have some spectacular moments, like the Minnesota Miracle, like mm-hmm. that, that was amazing. Like you, you guys had your moments, but you know, I agree, man. The Lions, yeah, I, I feel like they kind of get off the, the hook of, <laughs> you know, by the media saying we, we don't get screwed enough, which we do. We, we do. <laughs> yeah, they, you, you, they just, it's just in a more, I feel like maybe consistent way. Like it's like, yeah. oh, the Lions are losing again. Cause it's yeah, the it's lines. just the lines. Yeah, it's the lines. So yeah, it's a, it is like, what it is. Yeah, because because they're they're cursed or whatever. All right, um, where can people follow you on Twitter, Tyler? They could follow me at Tyler underscore Sawa S A W A, and I'm part of the, the yeah, I'm part podcast. of the Pride podcast. So yeah, we, we talk about the Lions. We do about three to four shows a week. So if you guys oh, wow. are interested in the Lions, yeah, we do a pregame, postgame, we do some live shows. So. You guys interested in that i know you guys are probably mainly vikings listeners so you know <laughs> you stay tuned when we play the viking we did a well, pregame with the vikings yeah, so, yeah there you, you go know. Lots, lots of lions fans probably listening to this uh no probably not um but yeah go check that out subscribe to their podcast i'm guessing it's on apple podcast spotify yeah, wherever you get your your podcast it's on blue wire so it's everywhere um and go check out this podcast the viking age podcast on apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcasts 
But until next time, we will talk to you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.